0: Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Last week I was telling you about my boys when they were at university and how they used to cry these big crocodile tears and let me know late at night with an hour to uh, 12 when their deadline was due and how they were battling and they couldn't get their assignment in on time and they still had to write another 1,000 words and if they didn't they were going to fail and be kicked off the course and uh, as a parent I wanted to fix their problems. As a parent I wanted to step in and take the pressure away from them. And I'm sure we all have faced that. My heart goes out to those of you who are homeschooling and you've got the kids around you and trying to do your jobs and at the same time you've got to try and teach them i must admit the kids would send me like two minutes to 12 they would send me the report Say, dad quickly read through this what do you think and i would read through and the best that i could come up with was you missed a comma here and a full stop there because i didn't actually understand what they were even doing it was way above my level of education what they were studying and i had to try as a father encourage them and help them through this hard time and one of the tricks that we learned that would help them is to focus them on the prize, to focus them on in a couple of months time, boys, you're going to be standing on that stage and you're going to have a gown on and colors are wrapped around your shoulders and a cap on top. And you're going to celebrate your degree in your hand. Come on, press on. You can do this. Just think of this joy that getting a nice job, moving on in life, and you won't have to ever study this stuff again. And I would encourage them with words like that. And they say, yeah, you're right, Dad. I'll do it. And they would dive back into their books. And, you know, a day or two later, they'd phone me so excited and say, Dad, uh, I submitted my report. It was on time. And I got a first for it. You know, and I think, oh, my goodness, going from failure to first, what a radical Step. But in the time when you're going through the hardship, my goodness, the world seems bleak and hard. And the Apostle Paul is just like us. He he had a whole group of churches that he was pastoring. He was their spiritual father. And in addition to that, he had Timothy. He's his his apprentice. Timothy was like a son to him. And uh, he would write to Timothy to encourage him. Timothy was going through an awfully hard time. And in the second book of Timothy, Timothy and the church there, so he was the senior pastor of the church. He was experiencing persecution. Nero was catching Christians, throwing them in prison, even feeding them to the lions persecuted. That level of persecution, that's extreme. And people were giving up on their faith. They say, it's better to go into the world and just go back to my old ways. That way I can save and save my skin and provide for my family, not go through this persecution. Could you imagine Paul's heart? My goodness, Paul himself was sitting in jail. And in fact, history tells us that this was, was probably the last time he wrote something he was about to be executed and he knew it. You can see it in his writings. Yet he still encouraged someone else. And I would encourage us as a church today. I know you're going through a hard time. I don't think there's a single person alive in today's world that isn't going through this pandemic and really battling with the lockdown My goodness, but even in this hardness and the the deep darkness that we face, do you know what helps so much is when you encourage somebody else. Paul must have been felt encouraged just being able to help his spiritual son one last time. You know, you might be going through a terribly dark time, but why don't you pick up your phone and encourage somebody else? And you say, listen, I'm praying for you. You can be a source of encouragement to somebody else i'm so appreciative so many people in the church have been sending me texts and whatsapps and they're saying when we we just want to we appreciate what you're doing and you're doing a great job and i just say thank you 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 don't understand that sometimes i have crocodile tears running down my cheeks and i'm saying god i want to give and it's your encouragement that helps us go through and press on and stand strong so thank you church for that but you know paul the apostle could have written Something like this to Timothy. He could have said, Paul, uh, this is Paul speaking, and I'm going to send you money. What you need is some money. That will get you through. He didn't. He told him to stand strong. He could have said, you, you know, your leaders are leaving, so I'm going to send my leadership team, and they will come and help you. He didn't. He said, Timothy, stand strong. Uh, Don't compromise, he said. You know, he could have said, oh, just just, just relo- lower your standards a little bit. Just go with the flow, and, and then they won't persecute you so much. He didn't. He said, stand strong. Stand strong in God's grace and God's mercy. How was it that Paul had such a deep revelation and understanding of the grace of God? And I was thinking and pondering that this week and thinking, my goodness, what was it that Paul knew that maybe I haven't... And then I got an idea. Just let's go back to when he was still called Saul, before his name was changed to Paul. When Saul of Tarsus, he, he was a devout Jewish leader. He was steeped in tradition and training. He, he studied under one of the world's famous rabbis at the time. He had so much information. He really a clever wise man in the things of the law. And he was persecuting the church. He was persecuting Christians. He had letters of authorization to capture Christians, throw them into prison. He actually stood by while they stoned Stephen and he gave his approval of it. He was, he believed, enforcing the law. He knew that if you broke the law and they were breaking the, the law that he understood, then the consequence was death. If you break the law, then the consequences is death. And Paul was executing that. But one day, traveling to Damascus, Paul had an encounter with Jesus and he heard this voice. He heard his name was Saul. So he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who is this? And the voice said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. And he encountered, Saul encountered Jesus oh wait isn't that fantastic he goes he's now blinded by the light and he goes back he can't find his way he goes back down to the town and he stays there for three days blind what was going through Saul's mind could it have been this is punishment the blindness is punishment for me fighting against God against Jesus because now I know he is the way he is the truth maybe he was thinking what's next blindness And then leprosy? Am I going to be stoned? Will I be killed? Because that's what I deserve. I deserve death because I was fighting against the true law of God. And uh, Ananias comes by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, brother Paul, I've come to pray for you. He prays for Saul or Paul and his eyes open and Saul or Paul He receives God's mercy. Instead of receiving the penalty of death, he received forgiveness and healing. Oh, praise be to God. Isn't that incredible? Instead of me being able to get be punished by death because I've messed up and I've broken the laws of God, I have received his mercy. But then God goes one step further and says, Paul, I want you now to become one of my missionaries. I want you to become an apostle. I want you to take this good news and I want you to spread it around. And he said, I'm going to give you my power, my ability, my help. I'm going to give you my grace. And Paul's response is, what, me? I am the chief of all sinners. I don't deserve to be called into the ministry. And God says, yes, I want you. He he experienced his mercy in not receiving death. But now he experienced God's grace and his calling. He said, I don't deserve this. Oh, friends, I tell you what, if you get a revelation of what Jesus has done for you, you didn't receive the death penalty. You have received his mercy. And now he has called you. He has called and given you an assignment. Maybe it's to knock on the door of your neighbor and bring them something this weekend. Just leave some nice chocolate muffins on their doorstep with a little note saying, God loves you. Maybe it's just a text or a WhatsApp to a friend and say, spread the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the grace revelation that Paul had. You know, in 2 Timothy, as we read last week, chapter 2 and verse 1, and I want to read it to us. Just listen to these words. You, therefore, my son Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Be strong in grace, God's ability, God's strength, God's help, God's mercy in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. But I want us to read on. Could we just read verse 3 to verse 5? You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So Paul gives us a picture, as we saw last week, of the soldier standing strong. And we saw that in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, where he told us to put on that armor. But Paul carries on in the next verse. Look at this verse 5. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The apostle Paul now has given picture Timothy of a soldier but now he changes his analogy and he goes and gives him a picture of an athlete. Now I need to give you a little bit of background information here because this is really interesting. Uh, Timothy would have known exactly what Paul was talking about. In those days there was two massive great sporting events that everyone was familiar with, especially Timothy. The first was obviously the Olympics which would take place once every four years. But the year before the Olympics and the year after the Olympics they would hold the Panhandle Hellenic Games, the Pan-Hellenic Games. And these Pan-Hellenic Games included the pentathlon, the field events and track events, but also wrestling, boxing and a sport called pancreation it was a little bit like kickboxing and wrestling all muddled up in one and they also had chariot races as well now the winners of these uh, races and these boxing fights and these combat sports oh man they would be crowned with wreaths of glory Uh, uh, they would sometimes get a prize not in the olympics but in the the pan uh, hellenic games they would receive glory as well and prizes as well and these were given to them in honor and they would they were competing the games in honor of their gods Zeus, Apollo and Poseidon. There was extreme fame that came with winning gold in these games. So Timothy was very familiar with Paul's analogy of an athlete and he said when you compete you must compete according to the rules. Now our first thought is modern day competition and we think well if you don't pay according to the rules you get the red card and you get sent off the field and that is true yes you've got to but a lot of these sports which I'm about to show you there were no rules. So in fact what the commentators would tell us here is when it says train uh, you compete according to the rules your training has to be done according to the rules. Think of the Olympics you can't compete in the olympics for your country if you get caught doping and taking drugs can you so your training has to be in line with the rules in order to qualify you to play in the games and paul is encouraging uh, timothy here come on he says i want you to stand strong like a soldier but now i want you to exercise I want you to train and prepare yourself according to the rules so that you can engage in the games. Why? Because I want you to get the reward. Just like my boys, I wanted them to get there in the stage with their robes on and their cap on and their degree in their hand. Paul wants to see us get through to the end of this year. He wants to see us at 2021, at the end, celebrate and say, God got us through this year, but by his grace. Uh, you remember uh, Paul writing to the church in Ephesians in chapter 6. Come on, let's read that again. Last week, we looked at it very briefly. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And then he went on in verse 13, 14 to say, stand. He says, stand strong in grace. But so between those two verses, between f- verse 10 and verse 13, he makes this statement, Paul does. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Hang on a minute. When Timothy heard those words, wrestle, immediately his mind would have gone to the picture of the athlete. Now, let me give you a little Greek lesson very quickly. The Greek word for wrestle is pale, P-A-L-E, pale. And this contestants that would con- uh, would compete in the Hellenic Games, Pan-Hellenic Games, they would compete and they would train in a place called the palestra. That same word, pale, wrestle, they got the name palestra. Now that was a building, it was square with a field in the middle and they would train hard in that, uh, that That building that they had. The cities all had them. Timothy would have known that. This was an image that he had in his mind, ingrained. You see, scouts in those days, they would have gone around into the the countryside and the towns looking for potential athletes. And they would have found them and brought them back to the palestra. And in the palestra, they would have been trained by experts, previous heroes and uh, people that had been very successful in their uh, specific sports. And they would have been trained for hours on end, hours, over 10 hours a day, training for these games. Can I just give you some uh, gory information about these games? Just listen to this quickly. Boxing. This sport of boxing wasn't like modern day boxing. It was extremely violent. You weren't actually uh, permitted to participate without wearing a helmet. You see the gloves were ribbed with steel and often nails and some wore serrated blades in their, uh, their gloves so they could rip apart the opponent's face. So when we look back at some of the artwork of boxers in that day, you were very extreme. Very rarely would you find a healthy-looking boxer. Most of them would have ears and body parts missing, as the gloves would rip apart their opponent. And it was indeed a deadly sport. Uh, the next sport was the wrestling. This was also a deadly sport in those days. In fact, the uh, historians tell us that most of the wrestlers chose rather to fight to the death than walk out of the ring uh, in defeat oh strangling choking all of that was allowed in those days in their uh, resting matches and in order to get your opponent to surrender you were allowed to break their fingers break their arms break their legs even gouge out their eyes if you so wanted to to get them to surrender the third contact sport that they had was pancreation i hope i'm spelling and uh, pronouncing all this right the word pan means all and creation means powerful. So it was the most all-powerful sport. This is the game that had absolutely no rules. Anything was permitted. You could kick, punch, wrestle, bite, break. The expression was famous for not one part of your body was off limits. You could do absolutely anything to anything. Don't go and google this. You'll see some graphic images you don't want to see. That is why when Timothy received that letter and Paul tells him to exercise and start to train like an athlete and compete according to the rules, he suddenly realized there were no rules in these games, very few rules. So it wasn't the the training according to the rules wasn't in the game itself. It was in the preparation for the games that you had to uh, prepare for. You know, I'm reminded of scriptures that say we have an enemy. He's out to kill, steal and destroy you. This enemy that we face wouldn't be shy to break limbs and fingers and gouge out our spiritual eyes, pull off our ears so we can't hear the word of God's truth. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. I've painted a very graphic negative picture because sometimes we take this far too likely. We have an enemy. Now the enemy isn't people. It's not even government. It's not political parties. It actually says in Ephesians there, chapter 6, it says, As we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, demonic devil forces. We need to know who our enemy is so we can fight correctly. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, but reject profane and old wives fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. Paul is telling us to exercise. He, yes, we have to exercise and keep our physical bodies in trim. But in that palestra, they used to also exercise their mental uh, character as well. See the games were physical as well as mental. In fact the, in the palestra some of the guys were so determined to win and it was a matter of life and death they would actually say to their friends, beat me and they would punch each other and give each other black eyes and so that they could experience a pain because it was going to be nothing compared to what was going to be in the real fight. And they would prepare themselves mentally as well. It's so important we are spirit, soul and body. We can't just do one over the rest. And Paul is now bringing a balance to this as well. He says, yes, physical exercise and preparing our minds and keeping ourselves healthy in our minds is good. But he says to add to that, we need to exercise ourselves towards godliness as well. He starts off and says, please don't engage with profane and old wives' fables. I was thinking about, well, what's the relevance of that for us today? Well, I'm thinking of some of the the news uh, reports and some of the WhatsApp groups that we can belong to and things. No, don't get involved with spreading around the latest YouTube videos and, and all nonsense and conspiracy theories and rubbish like that. No, get away from that and focus and start to develop yourself in godliness. Something very interesting. Exercise yourself, Paul writes to Timothy. Exercise When he said the word exercise, Paul's eyes and, uh, I'm sorry, Timothy's eyes went big. Like, huh? because they used to exercise and compete naked, stark, nude, naked because they didn't want anything for the opponent to grab on in fact they would oil their bodies as well so they'd be slippery oh that reminds me we need to be prepared and full of the holy ghost and full of heath anointing oil all over us so that the enemy has got nothing on us can't grab anything i want to ask you today what is it that is holding you back what is it that the enemy could be get a hold of what's in your life that shouldn't be there oh could it be that you you're engaging on the internet in in inappropriate ways you're addicted to pornography oh we shouldn't allow the enemy that angle oh is it going to be possibly uh, 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 our whatsapp groups could it be social media could it be our friends even certain social groups that we belong to guys we need to make sure that the enemy doesn't have a chokehold on it can't get us we have to focus on being exercise ourselves towards godliness i want to just clear up something and i don't want you to hear what i'm not saying I'm not saying that God brings along our path, hardship and adversity and sickness. No, it doesn't. The Bible says our Heavenly Father, every good and perfect gift comes from Him. The enemy is the one who sends the adversity and the trials and the pandemics and things along to us. But He's the one who says, come on, if you train with me, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you my ability. I'm going to give you my anointing. I'm going to give you my help, my Holy Spirit to help you get through those games so that you can get the victors crown." Oh, isn't that fantastic news? It is not God who brings the problems. He's the one who's helping us and training us, helping us to be, remain strong. The book of Hebrews was written to Christians in a very similar situation. In fact, uh, we, we're not sure who wrote it exactly. But according to the history, Paul was most probably already dead. Timothy was sitting in jail. So possibly the, uh, the, the church over there didn't have a leader. And someone wrote to them to encourage them, to these Christians that who were leaving the faith behind and he tried to encourage them. And he says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 32, he says, he talks about their former sufferings and the hardship they were going through. And he says, hold fast to your, con- your confession of hope. Then he continues in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 3. And he says, now regarding these present sufferings you're going through, he says, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, never, ever, ever leave you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence and as a trainer, helping us to stand strong. And he doesn't just help us, but he gives us his ability, his grace and his mercy to get through, his provision to get through. We have an unfair advantage over our enemy. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything some translations say strip off or lay aside everything that hinders us that's a reference again to the them exercising naked practicing for that fight because they want anything to hinder us lay it off and run the race with perseverance the race that was marked out for us Oh, we're not copying what some other church is doing. There's a race that God has called us to do. So we're running the race that we have. I'm not trying, we're heading north. I'm not trying to go east or west or south. I'm heading with the direction that God has told us to go in. Guys, that's a fantastic news. We let go of the things that can hold us back and we press on for the prize. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 onwards Paul writes to the church there, and he uses the same analogy. In verse 24, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? And now Paul encourages us and says, now run like you're going to get that prize. Now, that is not saying that only one person gets to heaven, only the first person, the most amazing person gets there. No, that's not what he's saying. It's saying, guys, focus your attention on the prize, on getting gold. Think of the when Jesus stands up and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That is the reward that we're going to be getting. That's what we focus our eyes on. He carries on in verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we're doing it to get a crown that will last forever. Oh my goodness, let's not look at the adversity around us right now, but set our eyes on the prize. Set our eyes on getting the the crown of life, the crown of righteousness that God has got for us. It will last for eternity. Therefore, I do not run like some running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike blow to my own body and make it slaves so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Oh, that's Paul referring to the way that they trained and actually would pummel themselves. Here we're in the middle of our prayer and fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some of us have actually said, no, I'm not doing that. What are we doing? We're saying, no, I'm focusing my attention on the prize. I'm just realigning. Body, you do what I say. I don't do what my body says. Come on, can we together start to press towards the prize? Run that race that God's got for you and press on to the high calling, that prize that he's got for us. I want you to know as we go into 2021, and as we, we go through some hard times ahead, you're not alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And here I give you my grace, my ability, my power, and my strength. All we have to do is we have to put on the belt of truth. We've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Oh, we're going to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Pick up the the sword and the shield and we're ready to go. God bless you.